everyone. This is Sarah Whaler, host of Interrelate. This is episode one of Interrelate, where we'll be having smart, honest conversations about relationships. Today, I'll be talking to Lindsay Ray, Nashville-based singer-songwriter, performer, who will be talking to us today about relationships, creativity, and heartbreak all in one, and what that has taught her. So stay tuned. You know, I was thinking about you and kind of, you know, your songwriting and all of it and your kind of what I've seen. And obviously, I want to hear more from you about it, but kind of your recent relationship and how how songwriting fuels like heartbreak and love and all of it. Um, And I know your dad was a huge influence in your kind of, you know, getting into music. Um, So... Anyway, so let's let's just kick it off. Um, okay. Yeah. So this is you're my first one. Ooh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what an honor. Well, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm so so excited to have you. Um. So yeah. So you know, obviously, you've been performing, writing music, but performing from a really young age. Like, how old were you when you first started performing music? Um, well, I didn't actually really start performing until after high school, probably, like, with live shows and stuff around Maine. That was, I think I was about 21 when I started, so I was kind of late in terms of of that, of the actual performing, but I started um, writing and recording and working in studios at 16. Yeah, and um, and, and you were, like, traveling to New York when, oh yeah. When you were in high school, right? And, mm-hmm. and doing all of that. And how how did you make the transition from kind of that to songwriting and You know, you actually prefer? I um well I prefer songwriting now for sure. I think for yeah. years, um, growing up I sort of always thought it was about my voice. I thought, okay, I'm a singer. I knew I you know, of course I played piano by ear, but even that I wasn't really incorporating into my music yet. I was just, I was really green. So the people that I worked with in New York, I just sort of let them lead the way for me. And, you know, they would produce songs and they would write songs for me and just tell me to go in the booth and to sing it basically. And they would tell me Mm -hmm. how to sing it. And I thought that was what that was. And I, and I enjoyed it and it was fun at the time. And it's just, you know, the older I got, the more I started to find myself and want to do things a little differently. So, um, yeah, that's where the songwriting yeah. came in. I think eventually I just was like, oh, I don't really want to sing this thing that's your thought. I right. want to know what my thought is. And totally. Um, I, I didn't even start that. I really didn't start writing until I think I was 23 when I wrote my first song. Okay. Wow. And it, and it, it, yeah. Tell me about that. Was that Goodbye from California or was it a different song? No, Goodbye from California okay. came much later. No, I okay. think... What was my first song? I don't really remember exactly what the first one was, actually. But I know that I was working, so I was like a, a local musician in Maine, and I was playing in this wedding band and a reggae band. And so I was playing a lot of live music, and I, I met this guy in Belfast that um, had been a producer years ago in Philadelphia and had produced G-Love and Special mm-hmm. Sauce, like his first record. Yeah. And And that guy met with me, and he was like, you know, I think you're really great. I think you've got something, and... I told him about the history that I had had at that point in the business. Right. And, and he was like, he encouraged me to start writing my own song. So that's really wow. why I started because he just, he believed in me. And I was like, yeah. well, I don't know if I can do that. And he's like, yes, you can just do it. And oh. I'll come over like once a week and critique your song. So that's I just started, yeah, I just started like writing songs. And one of the earliest songs that I wrote actually was about one of our classmates 
Sam Hayes after he passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually do remember that. Yeah, that, um, that had yeah. a really huge impact on me because I had – I didn't really know Sam that well in high school or junior high. Like, I kind of knew him. We had mutual friends, but it was outside yeah. of – Outside of high school, I met him at one point, and we spent, like, a bunch of time together for, like, a month. Like, we hung out wow. a bunch, and I got to know him, and I really liked him, and I felt like a lot of the things he was struggling with, um, you know, I kind of wanted to help him with that. And so I felt yeah, like we had this wow. really beautiful sort of connection, and then we lost touch for a while. And then when I found out that he had passed away, I it was one of those things where I had literally thought of him a week before that. And I had, oh just out of the blue, I thought of him, and I was like, I wonder how he's doing and if he's doing right. okay. And I saw one of his friends in Belfast, and I was driving, and I almost stopped to pull over mm. and say, hey, how's Sam, and what's his number? And I didn't do any of that. And then, of course, wow. like a week later, I got the call that he had passed away, and it just was gut-wrenching for me because, well, obviously, it was really sad, but it was also um, just that feeling of, gosh, that I wish I had I wish I had done something. Right. I wish I had called him. and. Um, yeah, and then I just, uh, that sparked, I think I just really needed to process what I was feeling, and so I, I wrote. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so so how was that? Was that your first experience, writing music and sort of processing something that was so heart-wrenching? I think it was. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. And it, um, it really did help. It helped, and it helped a lot of other people. You know, I recorded right. A, whatever version I was able to record at that time, I'm sure it was terrible, but <laughs> no. I I shared it with his friends, with his closest friends. I shared it with his father, and I remember that having a really big impact on his father, who sent me a really beautiful letter. And, um, yeah, I think it was sort of, it was healing for me, and then it ended up being healing for a lot of other people. So it was a really beautiful sure. thing. Yeah, and that's the beauty of music. I mean, that's why we listen to music, to get through yeah. pain, to process all of it. Um, so from then, have you ever been in a moment where songwriting has been challenging because you were experiencing, you know, a difficult moment in life? Or has yeah. it always been, yeah? No, for sure. I mean, after my dad died and I was in L.A., I, I wanted to write songs about it, but it was sort of, it was too fresh for a little bit for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't quite know how to, I, I wasn't really giving myself permission yet to go into the, the sad sort of darker side right. of what that feeling was. So I ended up writing a lot of kind of upbeat, happy songs mm. about my dad. <laughs> right. And, and like yeah. at his funeral, we played one of the songs and it was a song I'd written called Picture Perfect, which it just yeah, sounds so that. happy, you know? Yeah. And I remember being so proud of myself because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to, I'm going to write this and I'm going to celebrate. And and I'm glad that I did that. But it took, it took years before I was able to really write anything um, that was a little deeper and a little bit more vulnerable. And I think uh, the first one that I really did like that was, well, I guess I did some in LA. I did some in LA, but I also, Mm -hmm. when I got here to Nashville, I wrote a country song called If Heaven Has a Radio. Mm and that was one of those days where I sat down to the piano and I just started playing these chords. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was this melody and singing, If Heaven Has a Radio. And I thought about my dad. Wow. And then I just started bawling. And I was like, oh, I can't. God. How am I going to write this? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I think the most beautiful pieces, like any form of art, comes from that. And vulnerability, which is hard. It's hard Absolutely. to get to that point where you can just be honest with yourself and, and then share that to the world. I think that takes a lot. Um, 
Yeah, and so how many years has it been since he passed away? Yeah. It'll be 10 years in June. Oh, my God. About yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know it's wow. crazy. It doesn't, yeah. in some ways, it feels like it has been that long because so much has happened. Right. In my right. life since he's been gone, but it also feels like it was just yesterday. I mean, honestly, wow. I feel like we just graduated yesterday. I know. Totally. We didn't. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so crazy. And I remember, too, like, just going back to high school when I first moved to Belfast, I remember we were in Mr. Violet's geography class and I was yes. like struggling with his, what he wanted in an essay. Do you remember you helping me with that? No. Like, you gave me, you're like, you read one of my essays and you said, um, you're like, I really like your writing style. And you were trying to help me sort of make it longer. I was struggling with making the essay longer. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, and you were just so helpful and so nice. And huh. um, Yeah. It feels so good. I have no yeah. recollection of that. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. It was like, I think we were 14 or 15 years old, so it was a while ago. But, yeah, it was. I oh, my gosh. Been, yeah. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, and RIP Mr. Violet, too. I um, know. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Yeah, I love him. I know. He was he was really special. Um, Did you yeah. have Mr. Appelstein in English? No, I didn't. Never have, I had Miss Doke. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I had Mr. Appelstein, and what's funny is I remember him telling me that I had a strong voice in my writing. And I never wow. thought of myself as a writer. I, I still struggle with it, honestly, because I read other people's writing and I'm just so moved by it. And I think other people yeah. are so, you know, good with their words and eloquent and all these things. And I never really felt like I was that. But um, interesting. But yeah, he told me, he was like, you've wow. got a really strong voice in your writing. And so years later, when I started writing songs, I would always yeah. think about him and that would give me a little boost of confidence. Totally. Isn't it amazing how instrumental and how powerful those words are, like, early, yes. you know, in your adolescence, but... Yeah. yeah. And he probably doesn't remember that, you know? Right, exactly, exactly. But, but it was significant yeah. for me. Yeah. Totally, totally. And it is all about, like, someone believing in you and telling you that. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so you decided, you knew, like, that you wanted to pursue music, like, from the get-go. And how did you know that? Yeah. And how did you know that at such an early age? I mean, that's such a hard question to answer because truthfully, like, I really feel like it, it sounds so cheesy, but I feel like it's just what I'm here to do. And I knew yeah. it, I knew that at, at five years old. I mean, I knew that, I know, I don't remember ever not knowing that. All I know is wow. I always pictured myself singing. I mean, of course, the dream when I was younger, it was that I always pictured myself on stage, which is funny because I'm actually really shy and I don't really hmm. enjoy being on stage that much. Interesting. But yeah. But I just, yeah, I used to, like, sit in my room and kind of fake perform all my favorite songs for my stuffed animals. And yeah. I just was so sure that I wanted to to do that. And I didn't Amazing. I didn't even tell anybody until I was about 10. And that was mm-hmm. when I did the play Annie that was in town. I know you weren't living there yet, I don't think. Right, but, um, no. But that was sort of my first public performance. And then once that happened and I and I felt that reaction from the crowd and that whole thing, and then that really solidified it. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm an entertainer. That's amazing. Yeah. And then I just, yeah, I spent the rest of school and high school and everything just right. always really focused on that. I actually sort of feel like in a lot of ways I was already in my career at 15, you know, in high school. Totally. Like school was just like, oh, I have to do this because I have to get through school. But really, this isn't my focus. My focus is already my career. Yeah. No, definitely. But you were always a really strong student and always, I mean, it never appeared like it was yeah. not important. Um 
But no, and it's amazing too, I think within your music, there's like such versatility, right? I mean, do you feel yeah. that? I mean, oh yeah, a range and just an interest in all sorts, different genres and like obviously performing, but songwriting, which is what you're focusing on now. Mm-hmm. And so how how do you, you talk, talk a little bit about that and like that versatility and your interest in all sorts of different types of genres of music? Well, I mean, growing up, I listened to tons of different music. So I was listening to Top 40 Pop Radio. I was listening to whatever the, you know, the popular country music was. My family was big on country music, so I knew a lot of that. My dad was really into, like, big band and jazz Mm -hmm. and um, not show tunes so much, but that just, like, that kind of older classic kind of music and older. so. And I was obsessed with that. I was a bit of an old soul as a kid, so I just loved the old music. Yeah. <laughs> I listened yeah. to everything. I was listening awesome. to new and old and all these different styles. And, and, you know, of course, like in junior high, all the kind of grunge rock bands, even if I wasn't right. buying those albums, I was listening and digesting it. Totally. So it's funny. Like a lot of things that my brother listened to, like Weezer or Rage right. Against the Machine or Beastie Boys, all this stuff that in my mind was just sort of in the background for me, it's now as I've gotten older – I'm tapping into all of those different things. And so now I write like these punk rock songs sometimes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was influenced by these. Yeah. It's so weird. (laughs) It's so hard not to be influenced by what we're around. Of course. Yeah. 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 Um, That's cool. So let's talk a little bit about um, that, those influences, and also kind of what you've been going through in the past year. Like, I feel like you've been going through a lot. Do you want to share that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, so okay. a, a little over a year ago, my engagement broke up. I was engaged mm-hmm. to be married, and, and we had been together for almost seven years at that point. Wow. And had moved. We met in Los Angeles and moved to Nashville together, so that was a really big move. We came here. We got engaged. We bought a house. We did all the things that yeah. seemed like, yes, we're – in this for life and we're um you know we got a dog <laughs> right yeah but I remember being like are, are we ready for this are we doing the dog <laughs> this yeah. is like our baby and like, yes we're gonna do this right. okay so yeah everything was sort of going that way we were working together we had a band together that we were having a lot of success with and yeah. um and yeah it's just sort of it's just I mean it wasn't an abrupt breakup it was definitely something that I think we both knew for a while that something was a little off and we were trying to figure out how to fix that and it wasn't really working. And so it was, it was the beauty in it is that it was a, a mutual breakup. It really yeah. was. And it was a yeah. very healthy breakup. There was no yelling. There was no, um, anger. Or, yeah. I wasn't yeah. angry. I don't think either of us were angry. We were both just yeah. really sad, but also right. really accepting about the fact that this is, as, that we felt like this was the right move was to not totally. be together. Yeah. Which is hard because we really, were best friends, yeah, which we I could, always thought yeah. was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. You know, I mean, I come from a family of a lot of divorces, so my parents divorced when I was pretty young. So for me, it was like, I, I just, I wanted so badly to, to not be like that. You know, I wanted to make it work. I wanted to have a relationship that um, that really lasted. And um, so it was disappointing that it didn't work out, but I am really mm-hmm. relieved that we didn't get married although I guess I kind of felt like we were so I don't know yeah in seven years I didn't realize you guys had been together that long yeah I mean 
that's a long time. And, and to kind of go through all those different life experiences together and to share yeah. some of that creativity. And he was a songwriter as well. Right. And, yeah. um, but effectively like seven years, I mean, I was married for nine years. Um, wow. and, but it is like even, and I, in my case, I was the one to end it, but it was like, there was so much sadness. I feel like for like at least three years, I mean, it takes so long to, oh, that's good to know. Cause I do still yeah. have bouts of sadness and I'm like, should I be oh, over this? No. I'm not over this. Yeah. It takes a long time. And, and even in your case, it was a mutual breakup. So, right there, you probably yeah. got to a point of closure within, within the relationship, but it takes so much longer than you feel like it should. And, um, yeah, it's hard. Like I'll always love my ex if he called yeah. me and, and we're not in touch, but he, if he called me tomorrow and said, listen, like I'm having a really tough time. Can we talk? I would drop everything and, and be there. Like, yeah, you know, he will always be in my life. Even he, he doesn't, I don't think feel the same. Um, but he, um, I would absolutely drop everything to, to be there for him. And yeah, you don't stop loving someone, even if the relationship is not working, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just such a, especially, I mean, you were in your twenties, right? Yeah. Did, I, I, did that end before you turned 30? Um, it ended when I was 30. So it was like 20 30, years okay. when we were together. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah. that's so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just going to say that I also feel like because it was a later relationship for me like I took it mm -hmm. even more seriously like I really did yeah. I really there were things from the very beginning in our relationship there were red flags and there were things yeah. that you know made us incompatible in certain ways but I just the, the stuff that was good the friendship the fun that we had together the chemistry that we had together totally. in my mind I always was like well this the rest will work itself out you know totally. and I think totally. I think in the end I mean, and I still actually think that we probably could have. I mean, there are still times that I'm like, I, we could still be together and be happy. Yeah. I really yeah. do believe that. Like, yeah. we really could. But it got to a point where I think um, what I need in order to feel emotionally secure in a relationship mm -hmm. is something that he's not capable of providing. And I don't totally. think we can do it for anybody. I don't think it's me. Right. I just think it's, it's just where he's at in his life. And I sort of think we... You know, of course, we're always growing, right? Hopefully, exactly. As we get older, and I'm already—I was already a little bit older than him, and I just think I outgrew him. I got to a point where, yeah. like, I needed a certain kind of partner yeah. that he wasn't ready to be, and may never be able to exactly. be. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's—it's it's true. I think, especially, I do believe that women evolve a little bit more than men. I think, and nothing against men at all, but I think right. we do change and we grow. That's kind of in our nature, and yeah. And to know what you what you need emotionally is, you know, even if the friendship is there and the physical intimacy, like those are two powerful, super powerful things. But emotional needs need to be met, and um, yeah. and it's like you can't change people, you know. Exactly. Not like we want to, and you know, um, but it, yeah, you just it's 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 a tough thing. But yeah, the heart like the heartbreak lasts a long time and or heart or loss or whatever you want to call it. Um, it does. Yeah, cause it really I, does feel like a death, doesn't it? Totally. Totally. And it's like, in my case, we also have this great friendship element, which even though I wanted to end the, the marriage, I still pine for that friendship where we had this great actual music connection 
we mm. both love music and we had this bond where we'd share music. And even as we were breaking up, we were sort of grieving the loss together by sharing like music with each other. Wow. And it was just like, it was so sweet, but also probably made, I don't know, it was our way of processing. But, um, but to your point, like the friendship, you'll always pine for that and those memories mm-hmm. that you shared, even if the relationship, there was an incompatibility in other areas. Absolutely. But, yeah, and yeah. I actually, I, I still have a little, I mean, I try not to. I try to have faith that I'll find something wonderful like that again. Yeah. But that, that, that's sort of the, the one thing that I have fear about yeah. moving forward. Totally. That I'm always like, am I going, is that just yeah. so rare? Because I've had, you know, at, at, at my age now, I've had four significant yeah monogamous relationship yeah and right um that one was different that one felt yeah uh it it reminded me of my first love a little bit in the way that I just was so in love and Mm -hmm. and vulnerable and um I just didn't have any guard up you know exactly and um and but it also was yeah, I think it was maybe the strongest connection I've ever had. So I was worried yeah. that it'll be hard to find that again. But, you know, I think it everything's always going to be a little bit different. It's, of course, it will never be the same, but I do believe that right. there's something out there that will find its way to me and, and work. For sure. I have, I have yeah. faith. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good that you have faith. And, and it takes, I think the other thing to keep in mind is you're still processing this, right? And so it's yeah. probably not the time for you to meet someone else. And yeah. You know, some people move on really quickly, and I think it's better um, to to take time to to process that. And um, but yeah, every relationship is so different. Oh my god! And it's well, sort of like yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say we still talk too. We still talk not That's a good. ton, but yeah. pretty regularly. Like when I go yeah. out of town, like when I just was out of town, he watched our dog for me. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, I guess technically it's my dog now. We didn't decide that we're gonna like do that whole joint back joint and forth custody. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I go out of town, it's nice to know that like, oh, he, you know, he would love to have him, and and it makes him happy. So I do. I feel yeah. like we still have the friendship, which is nice. It's good. It's not as. Um, is often, of course, like we're not in touch all the time because I think we both have to have those kinds of boundaries in order to move yeah. on. But we talk probably once a month or so. One of us will send something funny to the other one or reach out about something. Or like I saw there's this guy that I know he's really into that's coming to Nashville and I email him and say, yeah. hey, this guy's coming. You might want to go to the show. Just stuff like that. So it's nice. hard to it's hard to shut that off. Because everything makes me think of him. Everything reminds totally. me of him. I'm like, oh, totally. I gotta tell, I gotta tell him about this. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I. So I'm not in touch with my ex-husband, but I was in a really great relationship post that, and we dated for a year and a half, and it ended because of you know some sort of life differences. But mm. um, we, I count him as the person who really like helped me find my confidence and kind of like made me believe that I was capable of anything. And we still talk. I mean, we talk multiple days a week, Um, but it is just like this really special It, you know, more from a romantic relationship into this really special friendship. And I just feel he's like family to me now. And I really think of him like that. And it's just, I feel like rare, but it is. Yeah. So, um, I think relationships come in all forms and like the end, end of relationships, everyone has a different approach and it's great that you, you guys still, still have some semblance of a friendship. I think that's probably helpful for you. 
different. It definitely is. And it's funny because yeah. I have some friends who think that is so bizarre. They're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, oh, yeah, I would totally. need to be completely, like, yeah. dead to me and never talk to you again. Right. Like, they don't understand how I do it. But it's – I also think, you know, I just thought of this just now. I don't know if this is um, true or not, but it's possible that – when my dad died, of course, he was my most significant relationship, right. really, and yeah. um, and closest companion and all that. And when he died, the finality of death is just... Oh, my God. Totally. It's just so devastating that, you know, the breakup with Ben, it's like, well, he's still alive. Of course, I'm yeah. going to still have contact with him. He's uh, not gone. I, I don't exactly. want him to be gone. I want to, you know... And I know yeah. it'll change over the years, and maybe eventually we'll both move on and start dating and maybe right. we won't talk but just knowing that he's there and that I can still speak to him is yeah. um I, I just it's really important to me and I want to I value yeah. that and so yeah I don't I can't write him off no I I agree that's that's exactly and I think it says a lot about your relationship too the fact that there was that friendship element and yeah it that piece doesn't have to die and it nothing's black and white you know in life and so, no, I think that's special. Um, yeah, so wh- tell me about where where things are now for you um, just in life. Like, how are you feeling about things? I feel really good about things. Actually, um, I feel like I was going through a lot of personal uh, evolution, really, already in my relationship when I was in it. Um, and a lot of, well, that's the beauty of relationships too, right? It's like you see totally. all your stuff, like everything yeah. in the mirror. So you just, you're forced to, to you're, you're faced with all of these things about yourself that you need to work on. Exactly. So I take, and I take that really seriously. Like I just yeah. always, I'm a bit of an overachiever in every aspect of my life. So even in self growth, I'm like, right. I want to be the best me I can yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So, um, so really, it was it was great. I mean, the breakup obviously was very sad, but it also allowed me time to be alone and to remember how strong I am alone and how capable I am of of bouncing back from hard times. I mean, I do feel That's like true. I I have a resilience in me that I'm so grateful for. I don't even know why I have that, but I do. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was able to sort of rediscover that. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's not my ex's fault, but in a lot of ways in that relationship, I had started to lose myself and lose I think because I was mm-hmm. trying so hard to figure out what would make it work that I kept totally stuffing certain things about myself or things that I needed and not communicating them in order to not be inconvenient you know right a person and right. um yeah and I don't I don't like that I'm capable of even doing that and I realized it, you have to get away from it to really be able to see it clearly right so so once sure. we broke up I was able to look back and go oh gosh all this time I I thought that I was such a great communicator and maybe I wasn't because I was holding this and this and this back. And then I started looking at how I was doing, I do the same thing in other relationships. And I found that it really, you know, I'm kind of the same in all of my relationships, work, friends, everything where I tend to be a people pleaser. I tend to, um, I just worry about, my needs being too inconvenient for somebody mm. else. And so That's it's hard for me it. sometimes to 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 claim what it is that I actually need because I want to be liked. I want to be easy to be of around. Course. I don't want to be difficult. Right, right. Um, so I've had to do a lot of work on that. And I think it's, yeah. I'm really grateful for that because I know now that um, that's no way to live. And, and it's, no. it, it, if you're with the right people, 
your needs shouldn't be inconvenient. You know, no one else's are to me. I love to totally. care of people. Exactly. So, exactly. But it is a thing. I mean, I think it's a good, it's not a bad thing to have that way of approaching relationships. But at the same time, it's like takes the other person recognizing that you're, that you're compromising. And, yeah. you know, I remember when I was in therapy with my, my now ex, the therapist said to me, he's like, whether you do it in this relationship or a subsequent relationship, you need to learn how not to acquiesce. And I was like, I think I know what acquiesce means, but I went home and looked it up in the dictionary and it was basically like not, not reluctantly like giving into everything, even if you know what your needs are, but you're constantly just letting your needs go for the other person because yeah. it feels like too much work to argue for what you want or to speak up, which takes energy and, yeah. and it, and it creates conflict in a relationship, which is not fun, you know, and. Um, it feels much more harmonious to just not speak up for what you need. And, uh, right. But in the long run, it creates resentment or it creates, you know, in my case, like walking away because I just, of course. you know. Um, so, yeah, but it's a good realization. I mean, I think it's a good quality to, like, want to, like you said, you're an overachiever. And so with relationships, you approach it in the same way. Like, I'm going to be a great yeah. partner and I'm going to be there and I'm going to make them feel great and loved and cared for and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make this work no matter what. Because yeah. Really, it's funny. Yeah. Like I, when I look back at all my significant relationships, they're such, they're all so different. Like I don't yeah. have a type. They're all really different. Interesting. But they yeah. all sort of have, there's always like something, you know, that obviously that drives me in. But I feel like with all of them, there's something about them that's so drastically different from me that I think I find that attractive. And I'm yeah. always like, you know, why, you know, like with, with my last ex, for example, he, he, he's not like a, he's not like a book smart guy. He's an intelligent mm-hmm. guy, but he's not book smart in the way that I was in school yeah. and stuff. So like, like he doesn't spell properly and, and you know, yeah. can't write, can't really write an email in proper English, like really, yeah. and doesn't even care to, doesn't even want right. to. Yeah. And in the beginning of our relationship, I definitely judged that. And I mm. thought like, oh gosh, he's this or he's that or you know, and in my mind, I remember thinking things like, oh, I'll never take this relationship seriously. I could never marry a guy that can't write an email or, you know, whatever yeah. it was yeah. in my mind that was making me sort of have that kind of feeling. And then I started realizing while I was with him, like, do I really feel that way? Or is that something mm. that I was taught? Is that something right. that my that my family or people in my family, you know, think, oh, well, we would never, you know? And I started realizing right. that a lot of my opinions about everything really were just based on, what I grew up being told to believe and what I thought I needed to believe in order to be accepted in my own family. And the older I got, the more I've just rebelled against that. And I have my own way of thinking. So I did get to a point when we were engaged where I didn't care about that at all anymore. And it didn't matter. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Like if, if, if we have kids and they need help with their homework, I'll help them. You don't have to. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We all have our strengths. You know, let me handle this. You handle the fun. Totally. And I yeah. think it's a kind of a great thing. And another guy, there yeah. was a guy I dated in Maine for years that, like, you know, lived in a cabin in the woods that had no plumbing and mm-hmm. things like that. And, like, I would yeah. never, you know, I've never lived like that. And, you know, I right. could have easily been really turned off by that. But I was like, you know, this is interesting. This is different. Totally. I'm I'm going to explore this for a while and see, like, yeah. if, you know, if I can live like this. And it turns out I'm pretty – um I'm kind of a chameleon. <laughs> yeah. No, I absolutely. Sort of 
totally. I can handle a lot of different things. And I, so I think that's a great thing. I mean, I've definitely learned that in my relationship, but I've also yeah. learned like what it is that I really, what I want. And, um, and what I was going to say earlier too, when we were talking about, um, the other stuff is that I think it comes down to boundaries too. For I think sure. it's good to be loving and to be, you know, a people pleaser to some extent. I mean, it's good to right. want to, you know, make your partner happy and learn what works for them. But I think right. what I found is that it's just, it's all about balance, right? It's the healthy it balance is. between give and take and, and also being open to receiving. I think that I've, I've spent so much of my life wanting to be um, independently, you know, able to give myself everything that I need, not rely on anybody else that I didn't even really leave a whole lot of room for anyone to like, you yeah, know, my ex used to want to like carry the groceries in for me. And I was like, no, I got it. Like, I'm just, yeah. I don't know why I did that. You know, it's like, I yeah. got so much pride off of just being like, no, I will never inconvenience you. I can do everything myself. And I realized sometimes people, they want to help you. And it's nice to let them help you. Even if you don't need the help, it's nice exactly. to let them. To let them sort of be giving and, and experience love or give love the way that they know how, which is, we, we all give love in different ways. So, oh, yeah. 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 Do you know your love language type? Um, you know, I think about it. Some, I, I I think that my love language is um, words of affirmation. Yeah. Oh, and okay. quality yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but that my the way that I show love, like right. I think that's how I receive. That's my love language yeah. for how I, I receive it. But how I give it is acts of service, 100%. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because like, it's not always the same with, with how you give and, and, and want to receive, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, I like to yeah. do all the stuff. I like to. I like doing the laundry and folding the laundry and making sure all your stuff is always ready and you, the, the pantry right. is always stocked with all your favorite food. Like, that's yeah. something that I really love to do when I'm in a relationship. <laughs> that's really sweet. Oh, So are you dating now? Or I'm are not. You, are you, yeah. No. Yeah, good for you. I haven't been on any dates. No, and it, it, yeah. yeah, I've just I haven't. Um, I'm open to it. Yeah, and I have some friends that want to set me up with a couple of different people. So I think you know I might start going on a couple of dates. But I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'm not eager for it. I'm really enjoying my single life. Yeah, I haven't had a lot of time. I mean, I really haven't been single since I was 18. Every relationship that yeah. ended, I, I jumped into another one right. within a couple of months. Yeah. So um, this is the longest that I've been single, really, as an adult. Yeah. And it's it's really great. And it's helping me just figure out exactly who I am. And when I don't have anyone that I'm trying to impress or please or accommodate. Exactly. And I'm sure because of that, you probably have more energy. To yeah. To do other things and hobbies and interests. And I mean, you've been hiking a lot, right? Yes, I hike a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that. I mean, that's you know, I've got the dog, so I need to give him exercise. But I love that. Exactly. Like, nature is so spiritual for me. That's my meditation. Yeah. I'm just walking. Sure. Being in the woods is yeah. where I really do my best thinking, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so, yeah, I'm like, doing that. I'm throwing myself into work. I'm working a lot. And I was already working a lot. But there's also a thing when you're, for me, when I was in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone who does the same kind of work right. that I do, it's hard not to be a little bit competitive, <laughs> even if you don't totally. really voice yeah. it or want to be it's like you want to be great you keep pushing each other to be great let's do this together and oh gosh and so I think I also sort of I got to a point where I was so impressed with the work that my ex was doing that 
instead of just viewing it as that and being inspired by that and doing my own right. great stuff, I started to really feel like maybe I wasn't that good. <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not, it's not awful. Be. Yeah. And it's not yeah. his fault, you know, right. he always right. told me how great I was, but I had decided somewhere along the line, I decided, I decided that he was the star and wow. it was my job to just, make the home and do that. And so I kind of let a lot wow. of my own ambitions go because I just didn't have a whole lot of belief in myself. And, um, wow. yeah, that was really, really That's painful. Sad. And it was hard for yeah. him to watch. It was hard for our relationship because he felt like it was because of him and it really wasn't. It had nothing to do with him. Yeah. It was my own interpretation of, of my experience. But once we... Um, broke up of course I've now had all this time and I've kind of I've been diving back into my creativity a lot harder and I um yeah so I I, my confidence is back and I I feel a little guilty that it took being single to get that I don't I don't want to say that that was necessary you know I think I could have figured out it out even together but this is just the way that it worked out so yeah Yeah. I'm finally back in a place where I feel like I know who I am. I know what I have to offer to the world, and I'm right. okay with with accepting that. And 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 it, it, it's not like I'm going to say that to anybody else, but in my own mind, I think totally. You know, just, I think about it differently now, and it, it's definitely affected the way that I um, present myself to the world. And everyone right. seems to notice it. A lot of my friends, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, you're really blossoming. I feel like you're wow, you're so different. You're more yourself. Like I'm freer with my opinions and my." humor and yeah. all these things like I'm just like well this like, is me so take like, it or leave it yeah <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay like unfiltered no but it's yeah. interesting too to think about your dynamic with your ex and maybe maybe that wasn't the best dynamic for you you know I because know. he was probably a bigger bigger presence bigger personality and it's hard even if that's like even if it wasn't intentional on his part and I'm sure it wasn't no, it wasn't. Like, because I can feel that way too. With big personalities, I shrink. Whereas, yeah. with in like in a small room, I have a big personality. In a big room, I have a very small personality. Same. And that's yep. yeah. And it's like no one else's fault. It's who I am. It's mm-hmm. like, and I'm sensitive, feeling the energy of other people. But it is hard to not be affected by that. So, yeah. And it's just that's that's interesting to know about yourself. And maybe like going forward, a partner who like really like lets you shine not that he didn't but really I don't know a different kind of energy combination might be a better yeah you know for you I mean I'm the same way in my family too really like when I get yeah. home and I visit with my family I become yeah. you know we go right back into the roles that we're in yeah. like my sister is my older sister we both yeah, have right. similar personalities but because she's older she's a little bit more vocal so when we're together I feel yeah. like I kind of let her be the thing and I, I'm a little yeah. quieter yeah, and so it's funny. I think I've been doing that maybe my whole life, and um, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's nothing bad, right? It's it's just something. No, it's is, just it is what it is. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's bad. But I do. No. I am working on um, just trying to be consistent at all times and just be myself. Feel free True. enough to to you know. So what if they're you know, they're stating their opinions and they've got a really strong opinion. It's okay for you to have one too. Like you don't for have sure. to always, you know, become small when someone else is big. So it's I'm so true. So true. I'm practicing that. And I feel yeah. like I'm, um, I'm getting a lot more comfortable with it. And a lot of it isn't even conscious. It's not like I'm even really having to think about it. It's just sort of naturally 
moving that way, which is kind yeah. of a beautiful thing. I, I also just think I'm a late bloomer. I've always been a late bloomer. <laughs> Late bloomer, but also an old soul. So it's like an interesting Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And we're always blooming, and we're always, you know. So I hope so. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you. I think that Thank that's you. all, like, so positive. And it's been fun to see you evolving over the years, you know, just in your oh, music. Thanks. And, like, and this thing, this most recent kind of relationship, I feel like that's the beautiful thing, too, about heartbreak and, and loss is, like, that makes us better, more interesting, more complex, mm-hmm. like all of it. Hardship makes us stronger. And mm-hmm. in the moment, it doesn't feel like that. But in the long run, like, I don't know. I, I think of all the change that's happened in my life since since my divorce. And it's been like, wow, I would have never been able to do any of these things if had I stayed, you know. Yeah. And um, and that's that's amazing, you know. That's the beauty of life is like, we can stretch and we can contract and like everything we're affected by every change. And Oh, definitely. I don't think that I would be going as full force into my artistry right now. If I was also, I get comfortable. I tend to be like when I'm really happy in a relationship or when I'm, when I'm in and I'm just committed to it, it's really easy for me to sort of go like, Oh, well this is now the most important thing to me. And yes, I still have all yeah. these dreams, but like, Oh, if they don't happen, it's okay. I just want to like yeah. stay here and be cozy in the woods. It's totally, totally. <laughs> and that's understandable. That's totally understandable. But yeah, it's, but I do think I, I, I do think I still have a lot of work to do in my career. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that, in a, you know, I'm a big believer in things happening the way that they're supposed to. And I believe right. that, in order for me to really fully reach my my full potential in my career and in my artistry, I think I need to be single right now. I needed yeah. to I needed to go through that experience to really see myself. Like I don't think I've ever seen myself as clearly as I did in that relationship. Wow. And yeah. it was the perfect time in my life for me to be able to handle it just because of where I'm at spiritually and, you know, right. and age and maturity and all of that. So totally. luckily that all happened at the perfect time and now I'm able to take everything I learned from that and all of yeah. the musical influences. Let's not forget about that. Oh, but I, exactly. For sure. You know, like think the ways that he wrote and ways that he created that kind of rubbed off on me and certain characters in me that I was able to be around him that I discovered that I'm now continuing to use. And so now I've got these two artist projects that I'm simultaneously yeah. Like yeah. trying sure. to yeah. work at the same time, which is really, really interesting. So interesting. I, and way I to go to- about it. Yeah, I want to, I want you to share a little bit about that because yeah. Well, basically, yeah. so I'm I'm signed to a company based out of Los Angeles called Secret Road. They're a licensing house, so their main thing is connecting music with music supervisors for TV shows, um, film trailers, promos, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So right. those people, like the ad agencies or whoever that need music for their things, they go to a company like Secret Road, and Secret Road will then put together a playlist of songs that they have in their catalog to pitch. And, of course, tons and tons tons of different companies are pitching to these same people. So getting placements at all is just really, I mean, there's a a lot of competition. But but anyway, yeah, I've I've been doing that for years. I've, I've started to have some success in that in the last couple of years, and I've sort of figured out what certain things, work for music supervisors and, and what tends to work for an, an ad on TV, like a commercial versus a movie trailer. I feel like I've really started to figure that out. So 
Um, and I've also just, I, I, I've gotten to a point where I just, you know, I get bored really easily. I don't want to do one type of music. So right. I decided, well, then I'm going to make anything that comes to me. Anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If I hear it and I feel it and I've got that melody, I'm going to sing it. And yeah. so all I needed Love to it. do was figure out how to put that out into the world in a way that makes sense to people instead of just continuing to be Lindsay Ray and putting out 10 different types of music and confusing everyone. So I started creating different projects to file stuff under. So Rayelle yeah. is, is, is one thing that I created that I file a lot of my um, more, I guess, edgier kind of rock stuff or promo type sounding. It's usually pop, rock, electronic. I file that okay. under Rayelle. Oliana is my other character persona, if you want to call that. That yeah. um, that's one that so far I've done 100% myself. I started producing a couple of years ago just to challenge myself and see if I could really. Yeah. And I and I started producing these sort of hip hoppy. I guess it's hip hop, but it's not like traditional hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm rapping, but even that I feel weird saying. So I'm like, am I a rapper? Like, how you're, does that you're, I mean, you're. But I think it. I am a little yeah. bit. Yeah, Sometimes. you are, definitely. <laughs> no, for sure. It's um, hard for me to own that. But, yeah, so that's yeah, my, like, rap hip-hop project. So then I've got cool. those, and I just, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I get to be whoever I want to be. I can wear my hair different ways. I wear different yeah. outfits. I just sort of okay. brand them differently, and it's keeping life interesting, that's for sure. I love it. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Okay, so if people want to go find you, learn more about you, where where would they find you? Um, well, there's my main website for Lindsay yeah. Ray, so that's just lindsayray.com. Lindsay Perfect. And that's sort of where you can see everything I'm doing as a songwriter, if it's other artists okay. that are cutting my songs, if it's TV placements, whatever. So that's kind of all on there. And then my, I have a website for Rayel, and that's um, raylmusic.com, R-A-Y-E-L-L-E music.com. Rayel.com. And then Oliana has her website, which is IamOliana.com, I-A-M-O-L-L-Y-A-N-N-A.com. Love it. Okay. Got, awesome. And you're on, you're on Instagram and Twitter and all of that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. So how did you think of the name? Um, <laughs> well, Rayel, my friends call me El Ray. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have called me El Ray for years because of my uh, other fake name that I created, Lindsay Ray. I mean, honestly, right. at this point, I'm just like, who who did I start <laughs> as? Oh, yeah, Lindsay Bachelor. That's right. Yeah, okay. right, right, right. But I've become so many people. But yeah, <laughs> so cool. I wanted to be El Ray. I thought, oh, that'll be a cool stage name. And then that already existed. So I just flipped okay. it around and, and it became Rayel. I love it. Yeah, and I and I looked it up. Of course, I googled it to make sure no one existed as Rayel, and they didn't. Yeah. And um, oh. and I also just kind of liked the way it looks. I don't know. I it like to look cool. It's yeah. kind of pretty. Yeah. And then Oliana, honestly, that is the weirdest thing. I have no idea how I came up with that. It was it was instantaneous. Like yeah. I turned in a song to my company. They came back and said, "This is really cool. This sounds like a whole new project. What would you call That's it?" Fun. Yeah, and the first thing that came to my mind was Aliena, and I have a photographic memory, so I literally yeah. saw it written out like on a blackboard, and I liked, I liked huh. the double L of Ali, yeah. the double N and Anna. I liked that it kind of sounded like Pollyanna, and exactly. Pollyanna is that character yeah. that's known for being kind of rebellious and independent. Yeah, and so and it just made sense. I don't know. I just went so with it. So cool. I love it. Yeah, and it is like that reflects your versatility and just your kind of desire to experiment and explore different styles of music and all of it. So I think that is awesome. Thank you. 
Yeah. So, well, thanks, Lindsay. This has been great. Um, thanks for taking the time. It's um, yes. been a joy catching up with you after it really so has. many years. I know. Um, we should yeah. do it again. We, we don't have to always bit. record it. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I would love if you ever want to visit San Francisco. Would love to, you like you could stay with me. Um, oh my gosh, amazing! Yeah, you should totally you should totally do that um, because I just yeah I mean I know we've kind of been in touch on social media over the years, but it's I feel like we and not that we were super tight in high school, but I feel like we um we have a lot of similarities so it'd be I fun so to like too. continue yeah i yeah. agree and i yeah. also even though we weren't super tight in high school I, there was yeah. always something about you like i always knew that you were special oh that's that's nice i mean really i, I remember yeah, like so nice. thinking like I, there was something about you that i was like i like this girl like i feel that's like so we nice. if we had pursued that we probably would yeah. have been really great friends yeah i think, I think we right. are a lot alike yeah i think so too i was so shy in high school like i just it took me a long time to develop confidence and it wasn't oh my really, gosh. yeah, like so many years and I got married really young and that kind of, and like it wasn't that obviously, but it held me back from growing in the ways that yeah. I've since grown. And so um, anyway, but yeah, I do feel like this connection with you and I feel, and it's funny because even before this podcast idea, I was like, I should reach out to Lindsay to do like a mastermind group thing where we like talk about creativity and it was just like, I think about you. So anyway, this wow. is like this is off record, but I do think you are special, and I'm like so proud of you. And you. Um, I would definitely like to stay in touch, and I mean that. Like the invitation yeah. is genuine. You should totally come visit. I'm um, staying like, here. I have a guest yeah. room if you ever want to come to okay. Nashville. All right. And um, yeah. and honestly, I know. I mean, not to just echo everything you're saying, yeah. but I remember yeah. that when I first saw that you were going through your divorce and the way you were yeah. handling that, and you wrote like a blog or there was some yeah. sort of piece of writing that I remember yeah. reading yeah. and I was so proud of you and inspired Aww. by you and I Aww. still feel that way. So I'm, I just Aww. want you to know that I'm, I feel the same way. I'm really proud of you no. too. And I think it's Thank amazing. You. It takes a lot of courage and um, I love what you're doing. And Thank I, you, think, I think hopefully there's a lot of different ways that we can continue to yeah. like talk about I, different things as we get older. It'll be fun. Yeah. I, I would like to continue the conversation for real. So let's, okay, so let's do that. Um, I will keep you posted on this um, okay. little venture, and uh, yeah, let's let's keep the conversation going. So, okay, you, you're amazing, Lindsay. Thank you. You are too. Yeah, Thank okay. you. All right. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, Lindsay. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and be sure to check us out on social media on Instagram at Interrelate Podcasts on Facebook and Twitter. And head over to our website at interrelatepodcast.com. See you next week.